Hold on, hold on, hold on. Care to come on the podcast to discuss? Podcast. I'm Logan Ridden alongside Peter Dewey, Brian Murphy. Usual gang back for night two of the podcast. Just got back from the Quinnipiac men's basketball season ending loss to Monmouth in the MAC quarterfinals 98 uh, 92. They couldn't really defend a soul tonight. I don't know how much more we can add to that one, but uh, Pete, what are your thoughts? Exactly. They couldn't defend a soul. They didn't play any defense. Like, if you have a game like tonight where Cam Young scores 33 points and Jacob Bergoni scores 30 points, there is no way that you should lose that game. Absolutely none. But Quinnipiac played no defense tonight. They went zone for a lot of the game because of foul trouble. But, I mean, they just got beat up inside. They turned the ball over. They gave up a bunch of easy buckets. And, like, Quinnipiac shot great, too. Like, they scored 92 points. But they worked for all their shots. I thought King Rice, the Monmouth head coach, made a great point. He was like, they were making tough shots. We were working their defense and just getting wide open looks. And that was exactly what the game was. Like, every single time down, it just seemed like Monmouth was either getting a layup or a wide open jump shot. And Quinnipiac was making, like, tough contested shots where, like, literally only Cam was going to make those shots. And he made them. But, like, I don't know, man. It was it was tough to watch because they should have won the game scoring 92 points. Like, you got to win that kind of a game. It's the same story it's been all year. Like, when they score a lot, their defense is really bad. And when they don't score a lot and their defense is good, they come up short at the end of games. And it's like it's every single one of their losses was a combination of one of those two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree defense. And although also, like, offensively, I mean, we've kind of talked about how this is really a, it's a two-man team. And it's Cam Young, Rich Kelly – and then it's whoever that third option is going to be. And tonight it was Jacob Bogoni, and credit to him. I mean, he, after dropping zero points last game against Manhattan, comes in and puts 30. So credit to him. But no one else showed up outside of those three guys. And when you have three guys scoring double digits, you're putting up 92 points. Like, it shouldn't be three people that are contributing offensively. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Williams was pretty much quiet the entire game. Neither their bigs, you know, Boondu or Marfil could get anything going in the paint. So... It it's kind of what the story was all season where you know what you're gonna get out of Cam, you know what you're gonna get out of Rich. Rich only put up what it was ten points, but he had eleven assists. So yep. it's like he's making the plays, and then whoever that third option is gonna be gonna show up. But outside of those three, the rest of the team really did nothing on offense. So as much as you know, yes, defensively they absolutely they struggled, and that's probably the main reason why they lost. I think they got to look at that too, and the fact that they need a more well-rounded team effort offensively. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that they can complain about anything that happened on offense tonight. Really, I mean, obviously Cam's going to give you t- over twenty points every game. He had thirty-three tonight. Uh, getting thirty out of Jacob Bergoni is a pleasant, pleasant surprise yeah. for them. And I mean, even ten out of Rich is fine. You got you got twelve points off the bench, which is around their season average, honestly. Um, that's the thing, though. Like, they got 12 points off the bench, and Monmouth had 32. Right. Like, Monmouth just do- he dominated that game. It's a sh- it, should- it being a six-point final, like, doesn't even do it justice. Monmouth dominated from the 10-minute mark in the second half to the end of the game. It- they absolutely killed Quinnipiac the whole rest of the way. Yeah, Monmouth had seven guys in 
in double figures out of the nine guys that played. The only two who didn't score in double figures both played less than 10 minutes. So pretty much everyone who played significant minutes for Monmouth was in double figures. Uh, they were led by Mustafa Treor, had 19. He was kind of a stretch for He was a big matchup problem for Rigoni early. Rigoni was making threes early, but, it, I mean, Mustafa was pretty much getting whatever he wanted on that other end. So didn't really have too much of an impact overall. We kind of uh, talked about that, how Monmouth wasn't – there wasn't one guy on Monmouth that's going to come out and mm-hmm. take over the game. It's a team effort. And obviously tonight, I mean, like you said, seven guys, double digits. None of them scored over 20, I'm pretty sure. Nope. So it's just the fact that they're able to get it done from whoever they're pretty much going to put in. Yeah, and I, another big difference in the game, obviously, Quinnipiac made 18 threes. Monmouth only made six. So you look at that and you think, oh, wow, like Quinnipiac probably won this game by a lot. But uh, Monmouth took – 10 more shots because Quinnipiac turned the ball over 14 times and Monmouth only turned the ball over five times. So when when you turn the ball over and you're letting the other team get whatever they want on offense and you're not taking the ball away from them, you're not going to win the game. Yeah, it's it's a very simple uh, – yeah, it's a very simple point. I thought also in this game it was just – for me, like watching this game, it seemed like every time Quinnipiac – like they, they took 15 twos the whole game. They shot 38 threes and 15 twos. Like, it seemed every possession was, like, come down and get a quick three. Like, they were, like, playing like it was the end of the game already. And it works sometimes. Like, you have to be able to work the ball on offense. And I just felt like, especially in in a game where you're playing, it's single elimination, like, it's for your life, you need to run some sets and, like, go and get, like, an easy layup for someone. And, like... They ran, they ran one set. They ran it three times. And two times Cam got an alley-oop out of it. And then the last time Monmouth knew it was coming, they, they knocked the pass away. And, like, other than that, though, like, everything was isolation Cam. It was handoffs or it was, like, a quick shot for Ragoni. Like, they ran sets, but, like, it wasn't like they were running through the offense. Like, Monmouth would break them down for, like, 25 seconds and then get a wide-open layup. And, like, that is so demoralizing on defense when you come down and you play defense for 25 seconds and then you come back the other way and you shoot within the first 10 seconds of the shot clock and a lot of their shots, evidenced by the fact that Monmouth had 16 fast break points and Quinnipiac had none, they're like all quick shots. They're all either contested shots or when Monmouth has their defense back. But then you get a lot of wrong, long rebounds out of that, which can have guys leak out, and they turn the ball over a lot. And when you have all that stuff happening, like Monmouth worked hard, obviously, to get their points, but like... At the same time, Quinnipiac was working way harder on defense and not getting stops than Monmouth had to work on defense to get stops. And that's that's the problem when you live and die by the three. Like, It's it's hard to win games that way because it, Baker said it too. He he made a great point. Like they, Monmouth went on a 21-3 run in the second half, and he literally just said, like, we just stopped making shots. And like as soon as they stopped hitting threes, like all of a sudden it was like Monmouth was scoring every time and we could, they couldn't buy a bucket. And it's just, you can't win, you can't win, it's not sustainable to win basketball games like that. Especially in March. Yeah, especially <laughs> in March. You can't live and die by the three at all times. Like, I have no problem, basketball, like, the way basketball is going, you have to shoot a lot of threes. And it is the smarter shot to shoot a lot of threes, but you can't take more than double the amount of threes than you take twos. They made more threes than they attempted twos. Like, that can't happen. They lucked out today that they got 24 free throws and they hit 22 of them. And a lot of the free throws that they got were on threes because Ragoni was drawing fouls on threes and Rich drew a foul on a three. I think 12 of their free throws came off of threes. Like, that's the, that's the difference between 
teams, I feel like, is like Quinnipiac, like when they had their best games, they hit a ton of threes and they took a ton of threes. But a lot of other teams, like it's very balanced. Like Monmouth shot 40% from three, but they only took 15. And they got layup after layup after layup. And that's how you get more guys involved. It makes it easier on your guys getting baskets. Like it's hard to win games when you continuously take tough shots and you're relying on tough shots to, win you, to go in to win you a game. Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's it's going to be tough to to swallow this loss, especially for Cam Young. I mean, he obviously wasn't in much of a mood to talk after the game. He talked about how, I mean, he didn't really say much, right? No, I mean, he said that he thought they didn't reach their potential this year, which right. is 100% true. I think this team, they see, that's the thing. Quinnipiac, I wouldn't, by not reaching their potential, I'm not saying it was a bad year. This was a positive year. There are a lot of positives you can take from it. They went 11 and 7 in the conference. They were over 500, 16 and 13. Like this was a good year. They I thought compared to where people thought they were going to be when Baker first took the job to where they are now, I think they've already improved way more than anyone could have expected them to be at by year 2. But like there's a difference between you get to over oh, the number 3 seed and then like capitalizing on that. Like it was cool that they're the number 3 seed, but to lose in the first round, you might as well have been the number eight seed. Right. Like, it doesn't matter at that point. So, if you look at it, and I think the the whole the whole thing you have to encapsulate is, like, they didn't have really an identity all year. Like, last year, I felt a lot of times they scrapped out games where they just outworked teams, mm-hmm. and they played really hard on defense, and, like, they clearly weren't the most talented team. But, like, there were nights where, like, especially during the tournament where Isaiah Washington and Ace locked up top players in the MAC and didn't let them score and they won games because of that. They didn't have weren't some offensive juggernaut. Like they just they played games and they gritted out games. And this year, like they had the talent to beat anybody in this conference on any night. And they just didn't have the games where they didn't have the grinded out games where they won those type of games. Like the game against Manhattan last week. Like that was a game they had to grind out, they lost. They lost to to Ryder in a or uh, um Iona in a grinded out game. Like, there's games where you can't, you're not going to shoot well, and you just have to try and you have to grind out a win and play defense and get big stops. And, like, I feel like this year it wasn't the same as last year. Like, they had wins like that last year. This year, and as evidenced by tonight, like, they just didn't have that same aspect. And part of it is because you're playing, they're playing two freshmen, but at the same time, they were playing a bunch of freshmen last year, too. So, I. I just think there wasn't really a real identity for this team this year. I don't I don't know what you would say, like, what was Quinnipiac men's basketball this year? I, it was just Cam Young. Yeah, <laughs> that was exactly. the identity. That was the identity of this team. I mean, this season will be defined by Cam Young, uh, the first MAC player of the year in Quinnipiac history. Um, he broke his own scoring record yet again for the second year in a row. He obviously scored 55 points. It was it was his season, and it just it kind of sucks for him that he wasn't able to bring them further than he even was last year. I mean, last year, I remember writing, I wrote a column before leading up to the MAC tournament, and it was titled, MAC tournament shouldn't define the reg- the, reg- the season. Mm. Like, it was, a su- it was a success. They were they were above their preseason prediction last year. They were predicted to finish last, mm-hmm. and they were the seventh seed. So that's a solid season, right? I mean, yeah. solid season. And then they went and won two, two tournament games, and there you go. It defined the season in a good way. Yeah. And then this year, I wrote about how, they let up. They they missed their opportunity to get the two seed, but they got to focus because the MAC tournament's coming up, and this is big, and it it was just the opposite result. Yeah, and it's just like, and I don't think it was anything based on like 
I, like to, we talked about how like the first four minutes like was gonna define how they were gonna come out. I thought they came out fine in this game. Like they threw punches, mm-hmm. and Baker said like Mama threw the last punch. Obviously that run in the second half, but like the problem was they didn't get any stops. Like you can't come out. They opened the game five for seven from three, and they were losing because they didn't get a stop. And like the first ten possessions, they got like one stop. It's so hard to win games when you can't consistently get stops. And I think if you look at this year's team to last year's team, offensively talented-wise, this team was unbelievably better because Cam was better. You had Tyrese, I think, was more talented offensively than Isaiah was. I thought Rich was so much better this year. Rigoni was more efficient shooting the ball last year, but I think this year he brought more attention from defenses because they knew who he was, so it made it easier for other guys. But, like, last year, like... They had games, and especially in the tournament, where, like, you could sit there and you were like, okay, they may not score 70 points, but, like, they're going to hold the other team under 65. Like, it was – they would – they played really, really good defense for long stretches of time. They did it in the Canisius game last year. They even did it in the Fairfield game that they lost. Mm-hmm. And this year, like, there was very little times where I felt like you had, like, a stretch and you are like, wow, they just played great defensive basketball. Especially against teams that, like, like an Iona, like a – um, a Monmouth where it was like a team that was a tough team to beat I didn't think there was like a ton of times where you're like wow they just went 10 minutes and locked them up like I only went like 7 minutes today and gave up like 4 points in that 7 minute span like that, that we didn't see that from Quinnipiac ever and they needed to do that something like that today if they wanted to win yeah yeah for sure I mean I guess moving forward looking ahead Cam Young will be gone next year uh, Dooley is going to be gone next year where I guess where do you guys see this team next year? Obviously, they're losing two of their starters. Obviously, they're probably one of the best players in program history. It's it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be an uphill battle. Yeah, for sure. I I don't know if I necessarily see the success they had this year. And I mean, obviously, we can watch the tournament. It doesn't really matter where they finish in the MAC as long mm-hmm. as you know. I mean, they're gonna get into the tournament anyway, so it really doesn't matter where they finish. But I think that. They're probably going to be a mid-tier, maybe lower MAC team. I mean, just the fact that you look at pretty much the statistics for every single game, and you can just watch any game. They relied so much on Cam that it was – there's kind of that discussion. It's like, if Cam has a bad game, could this team still win? And it's like, now he's out of the picture. You're not going to get anything from him. So it's like, who's going to step up? Because, yeah, you have Rich, but now the whole thing was they didn't have a third option this year. Now you need to have a second option. Mm-hmm. So I imagine Tyrese, you know, he'll be having his second year under his belt, so he probably will at least be their second or third option. If Ragoni can continue to progress and just be more consistent mm-hmm. than he was this year, he could be another one of those options. Um, you know, Marvel will have another, I mean, obviously bouncing back from a season where you don't play at all, that's always tough. So he'll have this full year underneath his belt, so maybe he'll be able to do something. Not sure what they're going to bring up for freshman as well. Um, but I I don't see them being a top team in the MAC like they were this year. I personally just because you can't the fact that this team was pretty much lived and died by Cam Young, um, and they're not going to have him obviously next year. So I think they'll probably be a mid tier, probably lower MAC team next year. I'm a little bit higher on this team for next year than than you are, Brian. I think if Tyrese Williams can learn how to play without fouling it's going to go a long way, and I think he can become more consistent offensively. And I think that'll come next year, too. This year, obviously, Cam didn't have to guard the best players because they wanted to save him for the offensive end, and I think that'll 
be Tyrese's role more so next year. He'll he'll have less of a less of a burden on the defensive end, so he won't have to defend the best players or the best guards and ball handlers and he won't pick up as many fouls. We saw it today. He had he had four fouls and he was really a non factor throughout the game. He hit one three late to kinda keep slim hope alive, but it didn't really matter. Um it's the only shot he made on the day. He was one for four. But I think Tyrese is gonna be a guy that's gonna step up big time. Rich as an upperclassman leader, he's already he's been a leader since he was a freshman. Now as an upperclassman, he's gonna be I'm sure he'll be the captain of the team next year. And Tyree Pickron, we saw some things out of him in the past couple weeks. He had, he made two threes today, and he's been solid. He can probably step up a little bit. It's going to be tough to score, though, for sure. They're going to have to get back to that identity that they had in Baker Dunleavy's first year. I think they're probably going to be mid to upper part of the MAC. I don't think we saw how bad the MAC was this year. I don't know how much better it's going to be next year, really. I mean, there's only... Iona's losing McGill. You've got guys graduating. Niagara's losing Prochet. You've got you've got guys leaving. Jalen Pickett could be gone into the NBA. Anything can happen, and you don't know what you're going to get for freshmen on other schools, but honestly, with, with the way that they ran, they ran in Baker Dunleavy's first year with basically nothing, I think with guys that Dunleavy likes to have, you know, they all know his offense. Now it's going to be year three. He's got he's had guys with him for three years now, Rich Kelly, mm-hmm. Jacob Ragoni. I think they're going to be so comfortable, and they're, they're more battle-tested now after two years that they can probably be like a third to fifth-ranked team in the MAC. I think that's a fair I, – I would put them – I think they're going to be middle of the pack. I think more so – I thought you made a good point how Tyrese is going to not have to play the best players now. I think they have to find the next Isaiah Washington Mm. because I thought watching, especially today, but like watching a bunch of games this year where they had the Iona game specifically stands out where EJ Crawford and Ricky McGill hit big shots down the stretch. Like two years ago, Baker used to talk about how Isaiah would literally just tax himself Mm -hmm. to just guard the best player. And I just don't know if they had someone this year who like you could put on because like Let's be honest. It's Rich isn't going to go out and guard like a six five guy who's just wing player who's going to get buckets because he's just not big enough. Like it, it doesn't matter how much effort he gives. It's a it's a matchup nightmare. It's hard for him to do that. The thing with Isaiah last year is he would come out and he would f- full court basically just like face guard. You're not going to touch the ball. And like when you have somebody who can do that, I'm not saying that they have to play like oh, we're going to play just scrappy, grinded-out basketball. Because they don't have to. They have the offensive players to do it. But you have to find someone who can go out and stop the best player. Tonight, they needed somebody to stop Ray Salave from doing what he did. He had 19 points, and he was breaking down the zone every single time. Like, they shouldn't have to play zone because of – I mean, today was more so because of foul trouble. But they shouldn't have to play zone because they can't match up with other teams. Like, you, they need to be able to defend. And I think a lot of the difference from last year's team to this year's team – was you had this team was defensively at times like uh, Dooley's undersized at the five. Mm-hmm. So immediately, Traor even said it in the press conference yeah. after the game. He was like, they have a 6'5 six, five six, center. 6'5 center, yeah. Like, it, that's, there's nothing you can do about that. Dooley gives probably the most effort of anyone I've ever seen play the game of basketball. But he's undersized. So, like, it is hard for them to match up defensively with teams, and they just need to find guys who can go out and just play lockdown defense 
and provide some kind of offense on the other end. At the beginning of the year, Ace was that guy. He was playing lockdown defense, and he was hitting a bunch. He was hitting like forty percent of his threes, and then he got went into a little bit of a shooting slump towards the end of the year, which which hurt them a little bit. But the, you just got You have to have guys fill more roles than just being spot up shooters off the bench. Like I thought, Travis Atson could be a great. He has the the physical tools to yep. be a great defender. Tyrese has the physical tools to be a great defender. If Ace is back next year and because he redshirted, he's gonna be a great. Def- he can be a great defender. We know that. Um, if Nate Davis is back, he has what it seems to be the athleticism to be a defender of somebody who's playing the three or the four spot. You just need guys who are gonna be able to go out there and help you get stops because. It seemed like in games that they scored a lot, they couldn't buy a stop. We saw it when they went to Mohegan Sun and played Drexel. Like, mm-hmm. they couldn't buy a stop. Yeah. And so that that's really what it comes down to, I think, when you're not – you don't have the sure thing on offense with Cam anymore. Like, they got to open the ear, and while they're trying to figure out their offensive identity, at the same time they have to be going out and playing good defensive basketball. You can't let teams shoot 55% against you. You're not going to win any games if people are going to shoot 55%, especially if you're losing the guy who scores 25 a game for you. Yeah, for sure. All right, and now we're going to move on, get a little bit of a women's preview. They're going to be taking on Monmouth. They might have already played them by the time you listen to this. The game's at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning, but they're going to take on number, what are they, four Monmouth? Yeah. Number four Monmouth, who just beat number five Canisius Mm -hmm. in the quarterfinals. So now they're in the semifinals, semifinal Sunday at the MAC tournament. And uh, Quinnipiac, two wins over Monmouth this year. Not necessarily huge blowouts. Not well. The first one in Hamden, they won by twenty nine. Okay. But then, then they played them, when they played them at Monmouth. It was tied at the end of three, and they outscored them by twelve in the fourth quarter, and they won by twelve. Okay. So, I mean, I think they're gonna win. <laughs> if we're being honest, like yeah. they're gonna win tomorrow, but I don't think it's gonna be like a roll over and die kind of game. I think it'll be very similar to the Fairfield game. Like yeah. they might hang around for a little bit, but like they'll they'll pull it out. That that's the type of game I feel like it's gonna be. Um I just I like it's like we said, like you just there's too much depth there's too many ways they can beat you. It's like if we obviously the men's team. There's yeah. too many ways that they can beat you that it's so hard to, to for them to like everybody would have to have an off day for them yeah. to lose a game, basically. Yeah, because Trisha said that that that's what their team is. When you have let's say Jen Faye and Aaron McClure are gonna have, you know, an under average game. Well, then you got Brittany Martin, and then you got Adele Thornton stepping up. So, I mean, it's like exactly what you said, Pete. It's the exact, pretty much opposite of the men's team, mm-hmm. where they have seven players that they can roll out and know exactly what they're going to get. And if one or two of them are going to not play as well as, like, let's say that they should, the other two are going to go beyond expectations. Mm-hmm. So, they've won 50 MAC games in a row. They're undefeated, number one, for a reason. This year, I think more is a little different than last year, where they didn't dominate as much this year it was a lot mm-hmm. more closer games we've seen i mean the, the fairfield game of the regular season where they were losing all the way i think to like the fourth quarter mm-hmm. there's been a lot more kind of games where they teams have hung around for a lot longer but and at the end of the day they get the job done so i don't see a situation where uh, kind of like you said everyone would kind of have to have an off day in order for them yeah. not to pull out a win um so i don't i don't personally see any reason why they don't they're not going to be playing in the finals on Monday. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. It's it's going to be – the final will definitely be tougher, and we'll probably talk about that eventually, but if they get there, and um, we'll get more into that later, but I don't think that Monmouth should be too big of a problem for them, especially after 
the way I'm sure they didn't play exactly how they wanted to play against Fairfield. It was a little a little closer than they wanted to be at, at that point in the third quarter when it got down to six. And I think they're gonna come in really focused tomorrow morning and really really ready to go and like send another message to the league that hey like we still own this place so quick score predictions for everyone and then we'll get everyone out of here pete score prediction women's game tomorrow morning um just because it's a morning game i think it might be a little bit lower scoring so i'm gonna go quinnipiac 62 monmouth 47 i'm gonna go quinnipiac 58 monmouth 49 Close one. Uh, I'm going to go Quinnipiac 55, Monmouth 38. I think it's going to be a real, real morning basketball game, you know, 11 a.m. basketball game. Just one of those ones. But um, I think the, right. the more interesting storyline tomorrow will be who Quinnipiac plays in the final, Maris, between Maris and Ryder. I yeah, think that'll true. be very interesting yeah. to see. See how much they beat up on each other tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. They'll, they'll keep a close eye on that one after. That'll be on... At 1, 1 o'clock, 1.30. Yeah, as soon as 30 minutes after the, the Quinnipiac game's over, that one will be on. So um, that's going to wrap it up for day two, night two here in Albany. Uh, stick with us. We'll be back for more. And uh, that's going to do it. Thanks for joining us.